Welcome to our podcast. Here you'll find the latest ministry from our church. We hope it blesses you and gives you a fresh perspective. Good to be with you. And uh, if it's your first visit, we give you a very warm welcome in the name of Jesus. And it's been good, hasn't it? to be in the presence of God. You know, sometimes you feel you're going through a tunnel and you can see the light at the end of it. And, uh, you know, um, it's, uh, we've had our ups and downs since Easter. I just felt, worship-wise, we're coming through that tunnel. We're coming into um, a greater revelation of uh, what God's going to do amongst us in this new phase. And uh, so we thank God for that. Thank God for the singers. Thank God for the worship team. <laughs> We're the worship team, friends. Hallelujah. Praise him. want to um, share a scripture with you. And, uh, you know, the word of God is powerful. Yeah? And these are the words of Jesus himself. And uh, the particular power in the word of Christ. You know, it says in the modern translations, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. And, you know, without... The teaching of Jesus, we would be in darkness. That's true, isn't it? You know, if we were relying upon God's revelation to the Jews, we would not be part of it. We would be outside of the blessing of God. It's that Jesus came, hallelujah, and he opened the door for us. Praise God. I'm just going to pray. Lord, I pray this morning that you will bless your word unto our heart and glorify your name, hallelujah. Lord, let your name be lifted high, Lord. We've sung it, Lord, and that is a desire of my heart, Lord, that your name be lifted high. Speak to us, I pray, Father. Speak to us, Spirit of God. Speak to us, Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. Praise God. It's a well-known scripture. It's a powerful scripture. It's an important scripture. It's called, in many Bibles, the Great Commission. And uh, we were talking about mission on Thursday. And, uh, you know, mission's a word that's been around a long, long time. That's where missionary comes from. And that's where, uh, in this sense, the Great Commission comes from. And it's about, and we'll read it. Can we turn the volume down a bit? I'm echoing a bit. Thank you very much. I'm going to read it. It's Matthew 28. That's better. Thanks. 16 to 19. And uh, let, let's listen carefully, because this is the Word of God. I'm going to ask... Phil, if you'll put this up on the overhead as well. We're going to leave this for quite a time so it just sink in the words of Jesus. Can you do that for us, Phil? I'll wait for you. Thank you. It's a bit small. Apologise for that, but I hope you can see it. (laughs) Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Make note of that. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Praise God. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. 
and surely I am with you always. You see, Jesus tells us things at times, and it's when we say yes, it's when we follow him, that we know the presence of God. And uh, so they were obedient to the words of Jesus. Jesus told them where to go, and they went according to the word of Jesus. And of course, Jesus blessed them. And there's a principle there, friends, as we hear what God has to say to us, and we obey the words of Jesus, and we follow what he tells us to do, he leads us into blessing. And that's, that's one of our functions. It's one of the, the leadership here. We want to follow the voice of God, and we want to be attentive to the word that Jesus speaks to our heart. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. You see, he is worthy of our worship. We've worshipped him this morning. You know, it's true, isn't it? God inhabits the praises, the worship of his people. We can come with loads of prayers and God hears, but when we say thank you, when we say hallelujah, when we just sing that we love him, when we sing that we, we just sing his praises, I believe heaven comes down. And uh, there's a principle there because it's true. God does inhabit the praises of his people. They worshipped him. Some doubted. You know, the Bible, it always tells the truth. Uh, and, uh, you know, people say, oh, well, it's, it's, it's all written to glorify, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jesus, and there's nothing ever that's, that's, that, that, that's sort of grey. And the, and the gospel writer here, Matthew, is saying, and he was present, some of them had doubts. Perhaps had doubts about worshipping Jesus, but the majority of them worshipped Jesus. And they bowed down before Jesus, just like Thomas had said, my Lord and my God, and worshipped Jesus. And Jesus accepted their worship. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus, our God, our Father, the Spirit of God, they accept our worship this morning. The Godhead accepts our worship. Hallelujah. And this is a verse that spells out the Godhead to us. And Jesus, these are the words of Jesus, he says this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Hallelujah. He has all authority, friends. We've just... We, we read the scriptures together. And every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The whole of heaven worships the Lamb of God. He is worthy. And he has authority in heaven and on earth. Hallelujah. And it's been given to him by the Father. Hallelujah. The Father and the Son are one. That was one reason why they crucified Christ, because he said, the Father and the Son are one. I am your God. And then Jesus says this, therefore, this is because he has all authority. He says this, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all equally important. When we baptize, we baptize people in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If you want to know more about baptism, come next Thursday. That's the topic. I'm not going to be talking about it now, but we're following the instructions of Jesus himself. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
and the last verse, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You see, if we're going to make disciples, there's some teaching. And uh, I know some people say, well, you know, I've come to church and I've, I've made some sort of decision and now I'm just going to carry on as I did before. That's not discipleship. This isn't what Jesus is talking about here. He's telling us to go to the world and make disciples, to make followers, to teach them. And that's why we join together and we read the Bible. We study the Bible. We exchange questions and answers about the Word of God. And I am with you always. And friends, if we, if we take this to our heart, he is with us always. Wherever we go, wherever we do this, he is with us always because we're perfectly in the will of God when we share these things. Jesus said this, didn't he? And uh, I've got this first, but it's well known. It's in Matthew 4.19. He said, come, this was to his disciples, so it's to us, come follow me, and I will make you fish for people, or perhaps more familiar, fishers of men. And I believe that is God's will for us in 2015. If you are born of the Spirit of God here this morning, that God should make us fishers of men. He took fishermen and he made them tremendously fishers of men. And they did a fantastic job, didn't they? Just 11 of them. And they turned the world upside down. One extra was added. Uh, and uh, I think really the, the extra one that was added was the Apostle Paul. But we know that they did choose another apostle to replace Judas. So perhaps there were 13, 12 or 13. And they turned the world upside down because they followed the command of Jesus. So this is a command. We've got various commands. We're told to love one another. We're told to love God with all our heart. Uh, we're, we're told to come together and to break bread. And uh, we're told in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Think about when you're on holiday. Because, you know, when we talk about becoming fishers of men, we've got to think this through. What does it mean? We, we've, got, we've got a part to play as individuals. We've got a part to play as a congregation in bringing this command to come to pass. And so Jesus said, uh, you know, go make disciples, I will make you fishers of men. So how do we make it happen in practice? I want to say firstly that the church, the congregation of God's people, have got to be doing the right things. We've got to now, we, we as a group of people, firstly, we've got to be doing the right things. But there's more to it than that. And we'll come to that in a minute. Um, when we were on holiday, um, uh, we, we found a lovely restaurant. We actually looked on the internet. And, uh, uh, you know, you go to TripAdvisor. And uh, there were a couple of possibilities. Um, and so these people, they were making themselves known they're advertising, and uh, you know we're making the fellowship known. There are things happening on the internet, and that can draw people in. He drew us into a restaurant. Didn't know the place at all, but he just had a good review, and we, we just liked the look of it on the internet, and we went in. But you know, when we went in, there was a warm welcome. And you've probably had the same experience. If you go somewhere and have a meal, 
and people don't welcome you. And they look to Loam. And if they come up and sort of acknowledge you there, you don't go again, do you? You think, phew, I'm going there. Uh, but we had a warm welcome on the face of the people. And they, they, they were invited. It wasn't that, you know, uh, they, were, they were very popular. It was a very popular place. But we, we just felt welcome. And friends, we've got to make people welcome when they come in. Uh, it's important that when people come in, they feel the welcome of the people of God. They feel that they enter in a, a joyful and a welcoming place. And, uh, uh, and so just, just, just the expression on our face is important. We, we, we heard earlier on that we, we rejoice, you know, because of what God has done for us. And as we rejoice, we're filled with joy. Uh, and so we noticed that. And uh, we noticed they work together as a team. Uh, you know, you go to a restaurant, and they're, if they're not working together as a team, everything goes out of sync, doesn't it? You know, and what you order doesn't come, and it comes cold. And they're working together as a team. And, you know, God has called us to work together as a team. We're called to work together, uh, and we, we each have different skills, you know, uh, but together we can achieve far more than we can individually when we come to worship God. Uh, and, and so we noticed that. And, uh, you know, they wanted to know about us. That was interesting. And as we were just ordering, uh, you know, the, the, the lady who was serving us, she was a student, she was just asking a little bit about us. She was, in, she was interested in us. And, you know, sometimes um, people can come in amongst us and we don't really show much interest. We have a little conversation by ourselves at the corner. Uh, but, you know, when, when you come into a place like this and someone comes up to you and they've got joy and they want to hear about you, that makes an impression, doesn't it? And uh, you've had this experience, I guess, when you've been out for, for a meal. And then, this is tremendously important, the food was amazing. It truly was the best restaurant on the island, you know. You read these things, it was fantastic. We went back about six or seven times. It was just an amazing place to eat, you know. And it cost, but we could afford it. It wasn't, it wasn't tremendously important. And I want to bring these two things together. When we come into the house of God, God will feed us. And, you know, we, we can just feed one another by sharing scriptures. We can feed one another by sharing what God has done uh, what, for each one of us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's without cost, isn't it? It costs Jesus everything. But when we come and we enjoy God's food, it's without cost. You don't have to wonder, can I, can I afford to come to the breaking of bread? Can I, come to, can I afford to come to worship? Jesus Christ, he, he extends his welcome to us free. He has paid the cost. He has paid the price. And uh, uh, so uh, bear with me with that comparison, but I think those sort of things do, the, that, that which works in the world does have an, a place in the church of God. If, if we're... If we're glum, if we're unwelcoming, if we don't talk to people, if the, if the word of God 
doesn't lift us up. Uh, if we're always talking about money and trying to get money, people are turned off. People want to come in to somewhere that is warm and welcoming. They want, they want people to engage with them. They want us to share. They want us to be interested in them. They want us to share the word of God with them. And uh, they want to be lifted by the presence of God. You know, you go into some places and there's no atmosphere, is there? And this applies to a restaurant as well. You can go to a restaurant and there's just no atmosphere. When you come into the house of God and the Holy Spirit is at work, even an unbeliever senses that there's an atmosphere there. Uh, and so this is some of the things that we can do as a congregation, as a church, when people come in. But how are people going to come in? And that, that's the million-dollar question, really, isn't it? You know, how, how are we going to get people to come in to, to, to share these wonderful things that God has for them? And God laid upon my heart a, a scripture from John. And we've looked at this once or twice, but it's just looking at it from a different angle. I'm going to ask Phil if he'll move on to that. It's John chapter 4. And I'm going to read it to you because it is important. The word of God is important. And uh, this is John chapter 4. And uh, it says this. And this, this, this is interesting in particular because, again, it's, it's about Jesus. And Jesus is out there and he is, is sharing the love of God one to one. And he's moving, not in the church, not in the temple. He's out there, he's meeting people one to one. And it says this. And it, 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 it's the story of, it's the account of uh, the woman at the well. And we're just reading the end of it. You know, at the start, uh, you know, Jesus goes to the well. You'll be aware of this. And, uh, um, and, and there's this lady there, a woman, and she's drawing water. And Jesus asks her for some water. And uh, they have a conversation. And Jesus says some amazing things to her. Like, you know, if you knew who was asking you for this water, uh, uh, you know, uh, your life would change. Because I can give you living water. And he spoke to her about true worship. The true worship, this is what we're looking at last week, is in spirit and in truth. And uh, as it goes on, Jesus starts to tell her about her life. And I believe he said much more than is, in, than is revealed even in, in John. John tells us that Jesus reveals to her that he knows about all of these men that she's been with. Uh, but there's more to it than that, I believe. And we'll see this as we read it. Uh, uh, and the woman, uh, she spent all this time getting the water, and it's hot, and, uh, but she just leaves it. She walks away from the water. She rushes back to where she's come from, to the village. Uh, she came for the water, but suddenly it's unimportant. The water doesn't matter. She's got something much more important in her heart. And so we just read from then. It says, then, this is the woman, leaving the water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. That's more than just how many husbands she's got, isn't it? More than, uh, told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? You see, she wasn't absolutely certain. They came out of the town and made their way toward him. These would be the Samaritans. Many of the Samaritans from the town 
believed in him, that's Jesus, because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. Jesus stayed with them two days. And because of his words, these are the words of Jesus, many became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is really the saviour of the world. It's a very interesting um, account. And it's a challenging account because we see here that the first thing that the woman did was that she went back and she shared how God had blessed her. And... uh, She wasn't sure who this Jesus was. She said he could be the Messiah. But she must have gone back so excited uh, that, you know, the Samaritans decided to go and look for themselves. See, sometimes we don't have to tell the whole story. Sometimes just the look upon our face. Sometimes just the excitement. Sometimes just something is, is, is conveyed to those who listen. And uh, God's been challenging me and uh, I trust he will challenge us as a congregation of God's people that we ought to be prepared more often to share our testimony. You see, this woman, she went away and she immediately shared her story. She shared her testimony. She said, I've met a man who's told me everything I've ever done. Could he be the Messiah? She shared her experience with God. And it it was miraculous, really, wasn't it? Because Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, would not know the life of this woman. He'd never met her before. So it was a miracle. And, you know, I believe God wants us to share his miracles in our life. And uh, very often we step back and we say, well, um, you know, that person isn't ready to be told that they're a sinner, that they're going to go to hell unless they believe and entirely trust in Jesus Christ. That is the truth. But, you know, we say that that is too heavy. Uh, And that may well be the case very often. Uh, But, you know, some people, uh, they may not have another chance to ever hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we need to be prayerful in these situations because sometimes uh, we we can delay sharing the gospel with someone and then find that we don't have another opportunity. It's past, gone, there in eternity. Uh, but what God's laid upon my heart is this. Let us share with others, not, not just in church, I'm talking about as we go through our, our week, let's share what God has done in our lives. Put your hand up if God's done a miracle in your life. If God's ever done anything that's a miracle in your life. Now, a lot of the hands are up, not all the hands are up. I want to say, if you have become a child of God because the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes to see that Jesus Christ is Lord, to see that Jesus Christ died upon a cross, that Jesus Christ took your sins, if you've had that revelation and if you've come to Jesus and asked for his forgiveness and you've known the Holy Spirit within your life. That is a miracle. 
That is the greatest miracle, I believe, that can ever happen to you or to me. Uh, and so that's, that's something to think about. Because you didn't all put your hands up. So either, you know, some don't see that as a miracle, or you haven't had that experience. But if you have had that experience, you have something miraculous just in that to share with the people out there. And it can be quite simple, can't it? it can be, you know, God has completely and utterly transformed my outlook on life. And you, you could say that to someone, and they could, they, could, they could just ignore it if they want to. You know, it's just, it's just 15 seconds, isn't it? They'll probably come back and say, well, what do you mean by that? And you've got a conversation going. And you can start to share with them, perhaps, the fact you may have been a drug addict. You may have had all sorts of psychological problems. You may have been healed from something that was unhealable, as far as a hospital was concerned. It could be anything, but you've got a way of entry. We're sharing our testimony. And people can't really argue with that, because we're talking from personal experience. We're saying, God has changed my life. Full stop. You may or may not believe it, but that's what happened. And this is what the woman did. She shared her testimony. She said, the man told me everything I've ever done. Could he be the Messiah? Could he be the king who's going to come? And so the Samaritans, they listened to her. And better still, they went and they sought Jesus. And Jesus was there, wasn't he? He could, have, he could have disappeared. He could, in the meantime, he could have walked off somewhere else. But he knew that people were going to come back. Uh, that, you know, it wasn't a brief encounter. We read that Jesus stayed with them two days to teach them and to instruct them. Now, that's unusual because it was, this was a Samaritan village. And uh, Jews didn't really have anything to do with Samaritans, so to actually stay, presumably stay at someone's house, I can't imagine you just slept outside and all these Samaritans just said, good night Jesus, see you in the morning. He, he opened himself to them, and he spent time with them. He taught them. And what was the outcome? I think this is a tremendous verse. Right at the end, this is what the Samaritans said. We no longer believe just to be because of what the woman said, but we have heard for ourselves. And we know, that's a strong word, we know, we are certain, that this is not the Messiah, the Saviour of the world. You see, during those discussions, big steps have been taken. And now they had, they didn't have to rely on somebody else. You see, if we have to rely upon Pastor Lan or uh, Anybody saying, well, you know, Jesus is alive, that is second-hand experience. And God is about first-hand experience. The Holy Spirit is about first-hand experience. God reveals us, himself to us personally, first-hand. And those people, those Samaritans, knew first-hand that Jesus was the saviour of the world. They'd been led to Jesus by the Samaritan woman, but then Jesus had somehow revealed himself fully to them. And that's a fantastic thing for them to realize at that time that Jesus Christ, this, 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 this was probably a long while before he was crucified, 
to realize that he was the savior of the world. That is real revelation that they received from God the Holy Spirit. And uh, so if God has revealed to you who Jesus is, that Jesus is the savior of the world, and if God has given you faith by revealing himself to you through Jesus Christ, you have an amazing miracle and testimony to share with the world. And, and so where's this leading us? We share these things perhaps when we're at work. We might share them on the bus. We might share them in the supermarket. Just a word. Sometimes nothing will happen. And it's in God's hands. Sometimes people will come back and say, well, what do you mean by that when you said that my life has completely changed? And you'll get yourself into a conversation. And uh, it may be that you don't see them again. But you see, that is the, 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 the woman didn't know what was going to happen. When she said to those Samaritans, uh, you know, I've met a man who's told me everything I've ever done. Could he be the Messiah? She didn't know what was going to happen. But something miraculous happened. Because at the end of the day, perhaps most of the village, many, many Samaritans believed. And it was all through the word of one woman. She wasn't a particularly righteous woman. In fact, she was the reverse. But God used someone because she'd met Jesus. And Jesus had actually come into her experience. And so I believe the woman had that same experience. She was forgiven. She knew that Jesus was the saviour of the world. She knew forgiveness. She knew Jesus because Jesus had spoken to her one to one. And, you know, there's no substitute for the voice of God, the voice of Jesus, speaking to us one to one. So that we know that he is the saviour because he has spoken to us. Not because of what somebody else has said. They may have led us to Jesus, but we know because of that. It's a fantastic honour and opportunity that we have to share the gospel. And when Jesus said, go out to all the world and, uh, and, and share with them the gospel, he was giving us a tremendous commission, a tremendous privilege. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's the greatest call that a man or a woman can have. Uh, mission is about the called being sent out. That's what it means. That's one of the meanings of mission, if you look in the Oxford Dictionary. I know we talk about, you know, uh, you know, mission in the sense of military missions and things, and that is an important meaning, but just as old and important is this meaning of the called being sent out. And it particularly applies to Christians who have been called by God and sent out. And, uh, and in a sense, the woman was called. It wasn't coincidence that Jesus met her at the well. He knew that she would be there. And, and then she went forth. And it was in obedience, perhaps. We don't know. But certainly, when we read how, how the disciples heard the Great Commission, it was because they obeyed the voice of God. Mission. It's a challenge, isn't it? It is a challenge to share our faith. Uh, and the reason is that as soon as you open your mouth, that there is 
a force that is against us sharing the gospel. And the enemy doesn't want us to share the gospel. And we live in a, in a spiritual climate that is very different from 20 centuries ago. Uh, you see, the people that were, were there then were, they basically believed God. They were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for the King. And so, um, in a way, it's, it's a different situation. We are in a spiritual war in 2015. And uh, uh, the, the, the one who wars against us does not want the name of Jesus to be lifted up. We've sung this morning, be high and lifted up. And uh, I just want to leave you with one thought. The centre of everything that we do must be lifting Jesus up. We can lift him up by our life. There's no point in us sharing our testimony with a neighbour uh, and, and then they're being horrible to them. They'll say, well, they're nasty people. They're, they're, and, and they never, they've no, no joy. And ugh, I wouldn't want to go to there where they have fellowship. There's no point. But on the other hand, you know, the, the, the enemy would say to us sometimes, well, just live a good Christian life and that will be enough. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, go into all the world and proclaim the good news. He, he said, we, we need action. And, you know, sometimes we haven't got a whole lifetime. And who knows, uh, you know, many of you are younger than I am, but Jesus could well return in the next 10, 20 years. We haven't got 20, 20 30 years. We want to see people respond to the gospel. And so there is an urgent need for us uh, I believe God's saying this to, uh, to, to us, to me and to you, for us to share our testimony and to share that Jesus is the answer. Whatever their problem, we know that whatever problem someone has, basically it's because they don't know God as a personal friend and saviour. And that, that is the key to, to everything, really. That, that, that is the key... To, to the world's problem. They don't realize it, but the one thing that the world does not have is faith in Jesus Christ. And when that comes, everything else becomes unimportant in a sense. Everything else falls into place because we've shared the good news with the people who are ripe unto harvest. Lord Jesus, we just come to you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for Lord being amongst us this day. And I just pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that you will help me, Lord, that you will help, Lord, uh, this congregation of your people, Lord, our brothers and sisters, Lord. I pray that you will help us, Lord, to share your goodness, Lord, to share the miracles that you have done in our life. It may be miracles of healing, Lord, it, Lord, if we are born of your spirit, it is always a miracle of new birth. And I just pray, Father, that you will help us share that. And Lord, that you will give us opportunities in this coming week, in this coming month. Lord, as we work, as we, uh, Lord, just do our daily life outside of this place, Lord. And also inside, but outside in particular, I pray, God, that you will help us to just share something of you that people may come and ask for more, that they may take interest, Lord, and that you may prompt them, Lord, to ask more about yourself. Lord, we want to share you, Lord. Lord, we want you to be lifted up, Lord. We want your name 
to be exalted and we want your name, Lord, to be proclaimed in these last days. And so we ask in the precious and the mighty name of Jesus, to whom all authority in heaven and earth has been granted. Hallelujah. Praise him. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website, www.newlifepentecostal.church. We do hope you'll listen again.